0: What are dark what are the dark things that that you like? What are the dark? Star Wars is really dark.
1: I don't think that's dark. Um, that's not
0: dark to me though. It's like pretty dark though. Mario. Right?
1: But like you want Mario for dark is a little bit too much. It's not. it's not
0: dark. Like it's darker than In, Star Wars?
1: No, yeah. Cuz I mean Star, Star Wars, Wars I can
0: say Luke uh you I am your father, you know, and it goes Luke no. You fit no. with it. Oh, come Luca,
2: we'll try it again. I'm like give huh? us your best huh? uh your Luca, best Vader. I am your father.
0: That
1: That I'm not into.
0: <laughs> that I'm not into. How is it dark? I didn't even see the movie. How is it dark? I was I sleeping because I was working nights. I mean it's gonna <laughs> come out on
1: a TV soon, then you can see it. Yeah, I just uh, think, yeah. It's a little bit yeah. like
3: Tell him about date. the um yeah. Tell me about the uh, the skeleton guys. Yeah, keep the keep yeah, the
0: microphone near
4: you. Dry bones.
0: Yeah, dry bones. Yeah. Hey, hey, Luca, with microphone like this.
1: How do you know this stuff? Like this.
4: So, Luca, how old are you? I'm ten. Ten. I, eleven. I'm eleven. I was eight years old when Super Mario Brothers originally came out. So I've been playing Mario my whole life. So I love Mario Brothers. And like what I like, so because I was so young, a lot of the things that were in Mario if you were my age you would have been like oh my gosh that was so awesome yeah yeah Yeah. Mario
0: has had multiple video games for multiple generations so
4: Mario was called Jumpman and it started on Donkey Kong yeah it was called what? Jumpman and in the beginning when they're in the pizzeria the guy's playing Jumpman the arcade game it
1: starts in a pizzeria
4: yeah yeah did you watch the same movie I watched? (laughs) 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 <laughs>
3: well, this movie, this new movie starts
4: in a pizzeria, but the original Mario Brothers. Pizzeria? The wait, movie. you have to, wait, you have to play pizzeria? Oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> Good they, luck. they,
2: <laughs> yeah, they don't always, you know. <laughs> I In the words of Liam Neeson. And that's why Mario did $300 Taking
0: million dollars in Good the first luck. weekend, because everybody's going to watch it. <laughs> it's not just parents I mean, going and...
4: Yeah, what's, what's going on with dry bones? What's,
0: the, what's with the dry bones? They're what's
1: popping it? out of the ground with their arms and like. That's
4: yeah. what they do in the video little, like, game.
1: Koopa skeletons are like crawling on the ground, their heads coming off and yeah, popping maybe. back on. Popping
3: That's
4: amazing. what they. So you ever play Super Mario yeah. Three on the original Nintendo? That's what no. they do in the game. I, I, yeah. Just like that, they don't ever die. You you Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. They jump come back to life. And they, and
1: they fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. Mario Yo, we works. have more. Yeah. Okay, well,
4: that's, that's what they
2: do. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, but they're like. It
2: started really dark. Now we're going very Italian. They're
1: crawling out also of dark. the ground. <laughs>
2: but Italian dark.
1: And They're like chasing. <laughs>
2: right? They're
4: so the bad guys.
1: And Bowser's a little weird in that movie. Like I don't. Understand. Bowser was yeah, weird I in that I wasn't movie. I'm a fan of <laughs> the like, Bowser. That's character. not a good impression of Bowser. Jack Black I played Bowser. Right. And I, I don't
4: know. It, well, when he started singing.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
4: like, yeah. Just, yeah. Little... <laughs> peaches, peaches, peaches. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, but I, but I have a serious <laughs> question.
0: A little bit. Do you, do you think, <laughs> What's with the peaches? do you think little <laughs> kids should it's be exposed peaches. to dark things? It's
1: what? It's not. Do you think <laughs> a little kids should be
0: exposed yeah. to dark things like that? A little bit of darkness? Is that uh, scary for you?
1: I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Yeah? Yeah, yeah instead of using like, spoilers, he uh, uses nails. Did you not know about
0: dark things like that when you saw, like, Star Wars and things like that?
1: Star Wars as soon as so I bad. saw Star Wars, Star Wars I, I was into it. I'm just, yeah, I'm not into time. that. Like I like yeah. Super Mario, yeah. but that is n- not at all like the video game. Yeah. Like it's not yeah. Mr. at all.
4: Yeah.
2: I was. I feel like I'm in the surprised. dark on this movie.
4: Yeah, we I haven't have seen it. It's r- r- we went and saw it. They we actually were in, sat in front of us on Saturday. We went and saw. Yeah. All kind of went and saw
2: it. it was oh, great. You, so you guys had a party at the theater I was without me? Yeah. No, I was, I was sleeping Thanks a lot. I was yeah. Sleeping. Yeah. Uh, I would have slept next to you, Mike. Wow. <laughs> 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 Most, this is a, and an we took a different turn. The,
0: uh, the movie is a lot of adults want to watch a movie because they had Mario, and they played Mario when they were your age. Yeah. yeah. So usually when you go to the theater and you're watching cartoons or animation in yeah, the theater, so a lot of parents are checking out on their phone a little. You know, you've seen them. Checking out on their phone, they're not really watching, maybe. Mm. Or they just don't go. Like
2: so we're way. on the Rotten Tomatoes to monitor, to, um, uh, to meet top. Tomato meter. Tomato, to uh, easy for you to, to say. tomato <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? What number would you give it on yeah. a
1: scale of 0 to 100? 0 to
3: 100? Yeah, yeah what number job. would you of scary give scary meter? If it was no. zero, was the worst it? movie you've ever seen. Oh. 100 was.
0: It's Toy Story. Best. Wow. What would you not rate it? Well, what's the best animated movie you've seen ever? I
1: don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> that was definitely. I have no Toy idea. Toy Story's up there. No, yeah, Toy no, Story is no. up there. Toy Story oh. has. <gasps> <gasps> of mine. Wow. No, Toy Story has a lot of.
0: How about Go? Is there a movie Go? Oh That's the, the at the old guy. Up
2: oh, that's uh, up. Go, uh, that uh. one's really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Up's a really good movie. <laughs> then you got the Lego movie.
1: <laughs> the Lego oh Lego oh movie yeah, Lego movie. That might be uh, a hundred. What? Yeah, Up's, up's so. better than Toy Story in my opinion. Yeah. It's just <laughs> That was not <laughs> in a million years what I expected out of a Mario movie. I thought like it started with a huge ship in the air made, like, with lava in it. Like, that's not yeah, it with like Bowser. what I think. That's not what I think of it. As.
2: I watch movies like he does. And that's not real! <laughs> 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 like, it's not that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen. It started when you walked in. Bowser...
1: Is yeah. basically the started? upset well, no, of the whole movie. <laughs> he needs to know. You and must know
0: when it's the, the moment it yeah. started, bro. Mm. Mm.
1: We didn't start yet. Could be a little late because we literally missed all the ads before the movie. As soon as you walked in,
4: the last ad was playing. Yeah, hey, you guys can't. You guys got there right in the nick of time. <laughs> has got to the movies right at the nick of time, but we don't want you to get the Vacation Bible School right at the nick of time. We are proudly uh, here to announce the Bloomsburg Christian Church Vacation Bible School will be July 31st uh, through August 4th from 6 to 8 p.m. And we are going to start having sign-up sheets this Sunday if you'd like to volunteer and to help out with our uh, VBS. You will see a sign-up sheet over by Keith, uh, Pastor Keith's office. Uh, feel free to sign up, and um, more information will come to you shortly. We will have a me- two meetings. Uh, you only have to come to one in May, and we will have those dates out for you as well. We look forward to um, this awesome event, and we are super excited. The theme is twists and turns, which goes with a little bit of the Mario brother talk is because uh, it's retro gaming board games um pac-man and his friends are going to be on display we're going to learn about how clyde learns different things uh th- that go with the bible lessons throughout each day so we're all looking forward to that we're looking forward to seeing you there to help do this amazing event
2: sounds good mike we'll see you then thanks brock Now let's get into it. Check. Check.
4: Check. 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 Check.
2: (laughs) Welcome to the show. This is Between Two Beards Podcast. I'm your host, Brock.
4: I'm your other host, Mike.
2: And we are the beards that you are between. I like that.
4: All right, well, here we are. Yes, that's right. We are the beards. We have one already disgruntled host. We are here with, I'm sorry, a co-host. What are they guests, One disgruntled guest. <laughs> um, we are the beards, and we are here with the Jardim family, and we are gonna we're gonna meet the kids of the Jardim family first. So we're gonna start with the eldest. Yeah, why don't you give us tell me your name, your age, and uh, your grade in school and what you like to do?
1: My name is Luca. I'm 11. I am in almost 6th grade. I'm in 5th now. Okay,
4: so you're in 5th grade. Yes. Almost
0: 6th grade. Can you tell us your favorite teacher?
4: (laughs) (laughs) In homeschool, I'm (laughs) homeschooled.
0: That was a setup.
1: (laughs) Mom. He's trying to get me to like
2: him. Um, So you're not just a movie critic. You're also like a teacher critic too.
1: I'm a critic of everything.
2: Oh. oh, I like it.
1: I criticize my
3: brother. Okay. I am a video game As critic. As every I am. eldest <laughs>
2: child has. Yeah, I'm <laughs> a critic. Yeah, that's right.
4: <laughs> I'm a critic. That's right. <laughs> All right, what do you like to do?
1: I like to shoot hoops and play basketball. I do that almost every day, and I like to play video games.
4: Perfect. Perfect. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's go to the middle scattered. child. Oh, yeah, let's go to the middle child first. All right, go ahead. Give me your my name. My name is Nico. Yep.
1: And my favorite po- color is blue.
4: Oh, he's wearing um, a blue shirt. How you? Nine. Okay. Well,
1: uh, almost fourth.
4: Almost fourth. Third. So you're in third. Just third, yeah. Tell us your current grade. <laughs> okay. I love it. <laughs> but it's almost over. It's almost over. Like, yeah. When
3: you're short and you oh, want it's to tell somebody that you're, you know, you're you're halfway there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, huh. huh. you know, we'll tell yeah. them it's April. 2023. Okay, so then, you can give us the now and Wait, the then.
1: April. My birthday's not
2: April. Well, your no, birthday's right now not. Now it's April. <laughs> 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 that means the school year is start over. Ah. Oh. <laughs> okay, uh, like thanks, later? Dad.
1: Uh, I like to play sports.
4: What's uh, uh, What's your favorite sport? Basketball. Nice. Something. All right. Nice. What Let's sports talk. do you play though?
1: Yeah. Uh, baseball, soccer, and basketball.
0: Anything with a ball, right?
1: Yes.
4: Perfect. All right, let's go with child number three. You're on the mic. Give us your name.
1: My name is Elias. How old are you? My favorite color is green. Okay. How old are you? I'm seven.
4: What grade are you almost in?
1: I'm almost in
0: second.
4: Perfect. So you're in first grade. That's
0: kind of complicated. He's sort of in second grade actually. He's oh, okay. He's really in second grade in a couple of uh, couple of uh, subjects.
4: All right. What do you like to do?
1: I like to play basketball outside.
4: Basketball, so you yeah. have three basketball players. Nice. nice. What
0: else? Keep talking, what else do you like to do?
1: I like to play other sports also.
4: Hmm. Any other ones like in particular, like golf or tennis?
1: No, I don't like those. <laughs> uh,
4: that was right <laughs> through my heart.
2: What kind of golf. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> what kind of sports are you playing now?
1: Um, baseball, soccer, and I just finished
2: basketball. Nice, wow! So you're doing baseball and soccer at the same time right now? Yeah,
1: we are. All, we they
2: are. Man, that's gotta be. Who's busy. your favorite?
1: Who's your favorite Atlanta They're Hawks?
0: Who's your favorite Atlanta Hawks player?
4: The Atlanta Hawks, the basketball team. Favorite player?
1: Jonte Murray.
0: Yeah. He knows, oh. he knows all the players. I, I don't even was know. All the Whoa. Yeah. Wow.
2: Jonte Murray? I thought you were going to say John Collins. What position does he play? I don't, do you know? What salary does he get? <laughs> do you have his rookie card, too? Like <laughs> a Oh, no? Not yet?
3: You could name, like, any team and say, what's your favorite player, and he would s- tell you some random player's name.
2: All right, yeah. Pittsburgh Pirates. Yep. Sounds like a future uh, oh, fantasy draft player. <laughs> oh, just basketball. Okay, <laughs> okay,
4: yeah. or current one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why don't we meet mom and dad? Let's start with mom. Why don't you tell us who you are, what you do, anything you like to, what you're, what you like to do. Um,
3: my name is Tasha Jarda. Um, I'm a physician assistant, and I like to do a lot of things. Um, I like to, I like to garden. Hmm. I'm like an old lady. That's fine. I like to garden. I love flowers. Uh, I like to exercise. I like to do anything outdoors.
4: All right. Yeah. Nice. And y- you're also I a like teacher.
3: house, which is impossible. Yeah. Oh. And you like to teach? You like to teach? How's that? Like to teach my kids. Like to teach your kids. You like, to teach? like to teach my kids. Yeah. It's not always easy. <laughs> they don't always want to be taught. Can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. Three boys. Three boys. It's, yeah. Yeah. They all work together too against that. So. Yeah, I'm but sure. Learning curve, but.
2: But no mutinies yet.
3: Oh, oh there's mutinies. <laughs> <laughs> mutinies. <laughs> <Week-weekly> <laughs> 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 weekly mutinies. <No>, weekly the <laughs> weekly <coups. laughs> They get together. They get together, and they're like, we're not. <laughs> kind <of do> <laughs> yeah. you, say, you say you say that you're gonna do this, and then I'm hungry. gonna do this, and then wow, uh, and then they're hungry every five minutes. Wow, yeah. Is that hungry. when
2: Principal Dad walks in? <laughs> Sometimes, like, actually. Right. Here's yeah. the what's what. <laughs> I have to say, I have to, to say, okay, us? that's it. I'm I'm
3: I'm calling Daddy, and <laughs> <Did you laughs> then they're us? like, no, don't call Daddy. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Is that how he knows how to do the Vader voice so well? I yes. am your father. That's right. <laughs> no, no. And they're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> she calls yes. you, and the
1: next time you do school with us, you walk and you say, I heard teacher Miss Jar- Mrs. Jarrah scream me. And she contacts you and says, oh, we're having trouble. Man, and you so make it mean. like, we don't even know him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Really I love it. Some it's great. Actually, it the day. <laughs>
4: yeah. All right. And then who else do we have? Who's our last remaining guy right, here? It's Michael. It's Peter great Jardim.
0: Name. Originally from Connecticut, actually. OG. Yeah. OG, yeah.
4: Well, well hey, uh, that's a good segue. Why don't we start there? Tell us a little bit more. Well, what, what do you do first?
0: Um, <clears throat> well, I, I like to cook. I'm nice. a father. I think I'm a pretty good husband, but... The jury's work. still yeah, out. <laughs> <laughs> the jury's out on a daily basis. The jury's out on a daily basis.
2: It's kind of dangerous. You're so close to each other right now. I know. Now. It's just like the, the <laughs> you are within striking distance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I get reminded every day. <laughs> How good of a How husband you are.
2: How close I are. am to perfect right now. <laughs> uh, do we have to say our age? You no, say no, age. you don't no. have uh, to. No, just, no just...
0: Uh, yeah, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, that's, okay. that's, that's what's—I that scares me.
2: Just tell us the year you were born. <laughs> <just kidding>. ah, <laughs> I'll tell you this, and we'll do this. the math. <laughs> I'm, I am
0: technically—we're not very good at math. Though, uh, we are technically millennials. Really? <laughs> yes. So they're born right. in the '80s. So we're we '80s kids. Nice. I'll, I'll let you just—we'll just keep it right there.
2: Barely. <laughs> we're '80s. Barely. We were, we're when do you think they the were the born? This you would be good.
4: The 1880s. The
2: 1880s. <laughs> now, if they were, that would be something we'd have to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> because they'd look great for their age. <laughs> true. true. Uh, what, I, what
0: I do to earn money and what I am passionate about is uh, uh, helping cancer patients, where I'm a physician assistant at the hospital. Up at Geisinger, and um, been doing that a long time now, and it's something I enjoy. Something that's difficult, yeah. and we can talk about that a little bit later. But um, I do. I'm a physician assistant up there at the hospital, and I'm also a team leader up there of about seven seven other APs with me. So that's what I'm not doing it. When I'm at, not at my house, but. When I'm at the house, I fill in as a substitute teacher, right? Their favorite substitute teacher, Woo! right, guys? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Woo! No, <something laughs> passionate, Woo! I'm passionate about cooking, and then, you know, about the that's math. about, and, you know, as a father, I think you have father I of three boys that. working full-time. Uh, I think that uh, it's hard to have too many different hobbies that take up your time but yeah. you try to get some to give yourself a break me time no love times. <laughs> I can play I can I can be the mean daddy if I need to Yeah, <laughs> the master yeah, of, of no yeah
2: when are you Whoa. Whoa, that's a podcast for another day. A for another day. <laughs> Usually kids are looking for raises in their allowance and not actively trying to get decreases yeah. in their allowance. Yeah. <laughs> He's rethinking everything uh, how about the it? last 30 So that's seconds. a little brief brief
4: intro. So Mike, why don't we yeah. start with you then? Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit, so you said you're from Connecticut, why don't you yeah. walk us through that? Yeah. Um, Tell us, you know, how you grew up and a uh story. Give us a story. A you know, kit and caboodle, how you I met said. Tosh and Sure. And then we'll let Tosh kinda join you and uh catch up with sure. her story. Yeah.
0: So let's go way back. Family's a big part. I come from a big Italian Portuguese family. I'm three quarters Italian, a quarter of Portuguese on my dad's dad's side. And um it's family's really big. Um not to be too stereotypically Italian, but it is really big, and um, both sides came from, you know, a Catholic background. My dad was raised in a Catholic house, and when he got married to my mom, um, right before that, a couple years ago, years before that, they had converted uh, to Christianity uh, while well at the University of Hartford where they met. And um, we had people not almost show up, not, not show up to the wedding because of that, because uh, if you know anything about Catholicism, um, when, you, when you go out of that religion, um, there's oftentimes a lot of uh, uh, people who don't talk to you for a while and things like that. So, um, but the point of that is that uh, while in college, they, uh, they had a group of young people who eventually were all Christians and were on fire for God and started a church. And um, that's where we were born and raised in Windsor, Connecticut. One of the oldest towns in Connecticut, um, right outside of Hartford, the capital. North of Hartford, Hartford, uh, right. Yep, right north of Hartford. Yep, you got it. You got it. And um, they started a church with a bunch of um, like-minded young people, and it was a Pentecostal church. And eventually, they started a school, Pentecostal school there. Um, and so, you know, I grew up going to Pentecostal church. Um for the majority of my elementary years um, until I was around 13. Um, So, you know, speaking in tongues and, um, emotionally, emotional outbursts in church and, and those type of things which we associate with more Pentecostalism, um, was commonplace to me. Mm. Um, and, uh, And so we grew up heavily in church. um, And uh, my parents uh, had uh, seven children, of which I'm the oldest. And so um, they had four boys in five years. Whoa. How about that, huh? (laughs) Wow. And then spaced them out um, so that me and my brother are about uh, 16 years apart by the the youngest uh child was uh, five boys and two girls um so um you know we were raised in a big family big my extended family's big but my local family is big and uh i was the oldest and i would change diapers when i was 12 13 and uh we were going to pentecostal school and the church. The church was the school, and, the you know, school was the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I think at some point down the line around when I was 13, 14, um, it, it, it really went haywire at the church. And um, th- they, there is accusations of witches and and kind of wild stuff, which hmm. I don't think it was in line with, with Christ. Um, and so we decided, my dad decided, that he needed to pull back and protect the family. And so I think wisely he got us out of that situation. Hmm. Um, um, and that is um, a tough thing because he had knew, he had known those people since college and now he doesn't really talk to a lot of them talks to some of them wasn't and a
3: fair type
0: situation too. what's that? It
3: wasn't
0: there a fair type situation too with the pastor mm, not the main pastor mm. but um so i was ripped out of that pentecostal you know school yeah which of there was four people in my class okay uh, huh. um um <laughs> and and uh yeah. people i grew up with and, and you know we wanted to find a landing spot and so he decided to put me in um, uh, another Christian school which was a fundamental Baptist Christian school so okay. if you know anything about that this is in the Bob Jones Pensacola type oh, um, okay model yeah. and um, you, you know if you know that you know the independent fundamental Baptists is, is sort of the other side of the coin in terms of Pentecostal you know you're not speaking in tongues mm-hmm. um, um, you're doing a lot of low-key worship um, uh-huh. but really still amazing people right um, um, and so um, I went to Emmanuel Baptist uh, school um Emmanuel Christian school and uh, in Connecticut and um, so it was a rough transition between small Pentecostal school yeah. to independent fundamental baptist school and so that happened right in the middle of my 10th 10th grade i believe and my other the other siblings they also went with me um and um <clears throat> they later went to public school and we can talk about that as well public versus private hmm. um what you do with your kids um but um that's that's kind of like my big background and so there is a bit of a emotional hole that I don't really have a lot of connection to anybody before I was 14 or 15, Mm -hmm. right? Because the kids I grew up with on the block, they kind of did their own thing. And I think you only really connect with two, two, three people sometimes Mm -hmm. when you're a young person like Luca's age, but even in in private school, I have a couple of connections. Basically, one connection from the Baptist school I went to—awesome people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really have—I don't have lifelong friends from that, right? So mm-hmm. I don't think of as anything big to sure. me and in my daily life. But and there's probably something to that that I don't really recognize. Um, so. You know, my dad decided, I think, rightfully that he wanted to spend the money and help me out um, and and get me to um, uh, Christian University when I graduated college, mm-hmm. uh, high school. Um, and so um, he, you know, he ponied up the money and helped me out, um, you know, and got me to Liberty University. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think that, you know, with, with Tasha can give her story, but... Being raised in a family, a strong Christian household, uh, which is maybe you could say not the norm these days, of mm-hmm. two parents that love Christ, um, even a two-parent home maybe not the norm. Um, I had no idea how fortunate that I was to be, number one, in a stable two-family, two-parent mm-hmm. household, and then number two, being raised Christian. Yeah. Um, I think that um, You you just don't know how good you have it Mm -hmm. Right And so I was blessed to have an amazing An amazing mother and father Who uh, raised us um, Raised us the right way And Gave us the proper foundation Which I hope to do Proper foundation um, um, To follow Christ Throughout um, decades of my life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, you know, I don't, I was listening to, um, Noah's story, uh, yesterday, overnight yesterday, and, um, I've heard of Eamon's story. I didn't, I haven't listened to the podcast yet, but, you know, I don't, I don't really have a dramatic thing like that. I was raised in the church, you know, I, I did grow up in the church and around 14, I did dedicate my life to Christ. Um, um, I don't have a dramatic thing when you when you're raised in the church is a little bit different. You know? sure. um, um, it's kind of all you know, and um, um, so I don't can't say I have the dramatic a dramatic story like that, but I did dedicate my life to Christ after some thought and reconsidering, and you rededicate your life in college. I did as well. Um, so, um, but off I went to Liberty uh, University in Virginia, and and. Um, it's uh. Do you know? Do you guys know Liberty?
4: Yep. I have a cousin there currently. Okay.
0: All right. It's uh. It's a little different than it is now. <laughs> um, um. You know, you had to wear um, ties and and sport shirts, uh, sport coats, and shirts. And uh, ladies were still doing dresses back in the um, late '90s when I went. Uh, now I'm now I'm dating myself. Now now you can figure out my age. <laughs> so um. Uh. So, but it, it really was an awesome university that connected. I connected with kids from England who were um, uh, uh, missionary children, um, uh, Kenyans who have come over from Kenya to get to get uh, um, to get a Christian education, uh, Taekwondo instructors from South South Korea. Um, it was an ama- it was an amazing transformative time in my life. Um, and it really um, built on that earlier foundation of Christ and uh, God-centered worldview, which mm. I think is incredibly important, obviously. Yeah. Um, um, and in that transformative time when you're in your early 20s, which I think for young men is, is um, in, incredibly... Menuous for young 20s male, particularly, I think more than females, because females usually have their head on a little more. Young men, I think, um, I think that's a very delicate time. And fortunately, I was in a good um, God-centered environment to get a good foundation to my life. I really didn't date anybody um, going through high school and college, you know. Um, I, I really didn't. Um, I graduated college with a bio degree. Wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, came back to, to home and uh, went right back to the um, to the bunk bed that I had uh, grown up on. Oh, by the way, my dad's a teacher, music teacher. And my mom, Well, he retired recently, but he was a teacher for 40 years. And he taught music and then he would, go teach more piano to the nice houses after school. So he'd come home at 6 and he'd be tired. So that's where if mom would call him and say, I'm telling your father, he would come home at 6, 15, 6.30 and he would be hungry and he would not be in a good mood. <laughs> and so mommy had all the power because she could tell him after he ate where he's not as, you know, not as jumpy, or he could she could tell him as soon as he walks in how bad the boys are. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: Kids are just making faces. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. when did you decide that uh, the medical field was the direction you wanted to go into?
0: Yeah, so, you know, I kind of decided that in college. I, I didn't know, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I know I wanted to help people in medicine, and um, um, I wasn't exactly sure. So when I graduated, my dad... You know he is a pretty strong arm, and I knew that he uh, he's you better figure it out. Is mm-hmm. What he said to me, um, and um, you know you've got these loans, you better figure it out. You can't <laughs> stay here forever. So I started. Um, I was initially um, I was a server, and uh, I made pretty good money, and I would I actually went traveling, and. He didn't really appreciate that maybe at some points because he was working still really hard as a teacher, mm-hmm. and then here I am traveling. Um, he was about my age, by the way, when he sent me to school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he drove me down to Liberty when I was seventeen, and he was about my age because he had me young.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, think about as a I, I think of it as a cra- it's a crazy idea that I would be my age, and I would be driving somebody down to yeah. college. Yeah. you know, because a lot of people don't do that now. But, you know, they didn't have, we, we never had a lot of money growing mm-hmm. up. My mom didn't work. She was a, well, she worked, not in a traditional way. She worked sure. as a homemaker. Right, That's enough work. She did babysitting on the side as well. So not, uh, not unusual. We wouldn't have uh, 14, 14 people at our house, including yeah. us, um, and she would be babysitting. So, you know, we, didn't, we never had a ton of money. Right. We, we always, God always made a way for us. Um, but um, so, you know, within a, within a year, I kind of figured out I wanted to go to physician assistant school, and so mm-hmm. I, I applied to a couple different places, got on to a bunch of places, and, and went to Lockhaven, in Lockhaven, uh, PA, where my wife is born and raised, right? And, um, and uh, you know, that's an in incredibly um, concentrated uh, schooling of a year where you're in class all day. And then you do a year of didactic, uh, year of uh, clinical rotations. Um, So you know, I actually was at a separate campus as her, and uh, I just noticed this this uh, cute, focused young lady, (laughs) who um, (laughs) um, I could tell had a real focus on her. um, And uh, you know, we I eventually spotted her, and and uh, I don't know where I first was at the. It was at the.
2: It sounds like he's saying. He he really yeah. admi- admired your beautiful mind oh first. Yes.
0: I did. <laughs> oh I did. So, so, uh, so are you going thing, you take taking over? Well, yeah, I'm just going to let her take over? Interject.
3: The funny oh. thing about <laughs> yeah. about our our classrooms were that even though there were separate campuses there was at that time there was a campus at Lock Haven University where I was the main campus and then there was a campus in Clearfield Pennsylvania which was where he was he was at campus. And even though, like, we, we had classes you know, every day, all day for that, first, that entire first didactic year, but we were on video cameras together, like the two classes, right, because they would have one professor, either the professor was lecturing yeah. at the main campus or the professor was lecturing at you know, the satellite campus and you would be on camera. And it was like the worst thing because if they asked a question and they asked you, Specifically, they pick you out to answer the question in the middle of class. You have to hiss this stupid button in front of you, and the camera zooms right in on your face. Oh. Right. So, oh. so everybody <laughs> in all the campuses can see whether you, you answer the question correctly or not. So it's oh, like horrifying! Man, that is <laughs> it's awful. Like the right. so, the camera so right in. The camera zooms right in. So the entire first didactic year. I mean, I think we all knew everybody because the classes, the classes were not ginormous. We knew everyone's names. Like I remember you being in class, everybody else in your campus being in class. We always said that we were watching the zoo because we could see all the, they were always like not paying attention. <laughs> They're in their on their laptops, not paying attention. You could watch them on the little screen, not paying attention, and then and then the professors they would look over periodically, they'd call on somebody who wasn't paying attention. You'd watch them like, oh man. like scurry around to try to answer the question, you know. So we always said oh, we were watching man. the zoo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, watching the zoo. I don't know if you knew that.
0: Oh, I knew that. I made up the term. Oh, did you? Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> it's like we the were monkeys. On display for the you monkeys, guys. yeah. yeah we we're on, on display. Dis- on display for all of us to see. It was pretty fun. <laughs> But I don't think we really started speaking until like the very end, like right before graduation.
0: The, yeah, the very end.
3: We were all yeah. studying for our final exams. We were all at the main campus in the library. Yeah, uh, I think the, one thing,
0: the one thing I noticed that's that she was quiet, focused. Um, I could tell that although she's quiet, emotions are on the sleeve, right? That yeah, I could, I could see what's, there she tries to hold back and um you know i don't know we just have somewhat personal uh opposite personalities and i think that opposites do attract and uh hear here what can i say (laughs) amen it was love it was love love at first sight what can i say so that's how we met and um you know we both got jobs here at the hospital and um I decided that this is a wonderful place to raise children, and uh, so uh, off we went, and we got married a couple years later.
3: Um, First, there was the engagement.
4: Oh, there sounds like a story there. That was pretty. Do you want to?
3: That was a pretty amazing. That was a pretty. Well, you can help me tell the story, but he had asked me to go on this trip to Italy, and I had never really been. Wow anywhere (laughs) really (laughs) Um, and we had been dating for about two and a half three years at the time Um, but he had not really really brought up i think we kind of always knew oh there was
4: no ultimatum then at that point there
3: was there we kind of knew (laughs) but (laughs) three years we didn't didn't really talk i don't know why we just didn't really talk about it and um he had come up with this um plan he's like well do you want to i want to take you to italy so we 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 arranged this trip and it was like a 10-day trip and it was a crazy trip and we did this entire thing where we started in Rome and we spent, you know, part of the time in Rome and then we took this train through Tuscany north to Venice. Um, and we were going to spend a day in Venice and then come back to Rome and then fly back home. And um, so we went in Ve- we went to Venice and we're, we're walking around. You know, there's no cars in Venice. Like, you, you have to walk everywhere. So we're walking around Venice. And... How, how did the whole like? It, it was a. It was. It was like an all day production of him trying to find some specific place that he. That's what I always, to I always
0: do. I always do. I. have something I want to do, and I don't tell her what's going on, and she gets frustrated now. Uh, no, it, we, I hate we, surprises. we we we. Like, she I hates surprises. She know. loves them, but she just hates them. Tell me what it is. <laughs> she, she wants it spontaneous. She wants it spontaneous, but she hates surprises. Not that. It takes all day get, though. get that, get that paradox. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, it was it was me trying to hide the ring in a little backpack that we had because that's all we had because we went yeah. for a day, and and <laughs> so I'm trying to shift the ring around in the backpack on the way so she doesn't see it. Right, I'm hiding in my pocket at times, and um, I, I wanted somewhere special there. Um, and so i really had no idea
3: either I had, wow. I had no no idea
0: and so i had looked up you know where would be a special place and i and i read about um, that there's there's one bridge that doesn't have any any railing so it's just a bridge that goes over a canal with no railing on it and so i said i got the one bridge for the one girl and so i but it's only one bridge you know i mean bridges are in Venice there's the, there's probably a thousand <laughs> <laughs>
4: so you're trying to find this one so bridge. So I'm trying to
0: find this one bridge. Oh my gosh.
3: So, so he, he, he plays it he plays it like we're trying to see all the sights, right? Yeah, right, yeah. right. But we just keep walking and we just keep walking. And you're just and there's checking always out bridges. Somewhere else to go and you just keep walking and eventually you need a bathroom, right? And there's nowhere to go. And eventually you just get exhausted because your feet are right, hurting. Right. And I'm like, okay, like I'm ready to be done. We have to catch a train.
2: Oh my word. Just right. one more bridge, honey. One
3: more bridge. And he's like, no, no, no. Just down this alley. Just down that alley. And it just keeps going. And so I start, I, I'm, I'm just about like loo- having a breakdown right like i'm <laughs> i'm worried that we're gonna miss the train i have no idea where he's trying to take me it yeah. looks like we've like seen everything like i want to get like at like See i want to like time is ticking or... i don't remember
0: this part but
3: okay i am just like i am just about ready to have a meltdown and then, and then finally, finally he finds this bridge, and he's like, oh, there it is, <laughs> there it is, right? Like, what? And I'm like, what?
4: We missed the train, but I found the bridge. <laughs> I'm,
3: like, oh. I'm like, what, what? And then he's like, no, this is like a special bridge. He's explaining this bridge, and it really is a cool bridge. It's like this tiny little canal, and there's just these like brick stairs up, and then this little brick stairs down, and there's no railing. It's just like this open space between these buildings. And it's just like the most bizarre thing because the bridge goes over to like nothing because <laughs> you know, the other building is like partially underwater oh and goodness. it used, there used to be a sidewalk, there yeah. but now it's underwater. So it doesn't really go anywhere. And, um. He walks over and he's standing there for a few minutes and I'm and he's like digging through the bag and I'm trying to figure out like I like we're gonna miss the train, buddy. We're gonna miss the train. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like not even like my mind is not even like it's there any
4: point where you thought this bridge will do? (laughs) Like that never crossed your mind?
0: (laughs) (laughs) When I'm focused, when I'm focused like that. That's not happening. <laughs> I'm not gonna go all the way to. am not <laughs> going go all the way to Venice <laughs> just to pick a random bridge, you know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so so we, we found a, found a bridge, and then, and then he
3: pulls open the ring, boom. and then it all clicks because I realize, you know, like what what the whole searching was for, you know. And then there were then there were the tears and you know pictures and stuff. So. Um, but it was, Tears I feel like I ruined Found the, the bridge. moment. <laughs> I feel like I ruined the moment. Right. No, you were gorgeous. I was, I was, I was having a meltdown about <laughs> where in the world we were going and about missing this train. And there was this bigger picture that I was well, I just think before.
4: I got where Mike was doing. He was
2: distracting her. You yeah, see, I'm done, I'm her mind was before. on nothing. He knew he had to plan out, planned out the whole time. Yeah. And just to paint a little picture for the audience, there are 391 bridges in Venice. Yeah, That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of out of the 391, there's 150 that go over a canal. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> not to mention that all these bridges are not labeled. Either. That's like perfect. Not all so made. how many of those bridges did you go to? <laughs> a lot. 349.
3: <laughs> that was a lot of walking. I'm telling you, my feet. My feet. I was like all the stone. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
4: that's fantastic. Well, <laughs> Tasha, why don't you take us back to the beginning before we go completely <laughs> off the rails and tell us your story leading up to um, th- wanting to throw Mike off a bridge? He's got a very,
0: <laughs> very interesting story. Well, a
4: half
2: bridge, Mike. A, a half, half bridge. bridge <laughs> a half bridge. We have
3: pictures of that bridge all over our house. Yeah. Um, we, don't. we do. <laughs> we
2: do.
0: Just a warning. A warning for everyone. Uh huh. My wife is wonderful, but when she gets into a subject, sometimes the emotions
3: take I over. I can be a little intense. That's she okay.
4: We can intense. bring it. Yeah, we
0: like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. intensity. Like is oh. Wonderful.
4: We, we, to we
0: lean into it.
2: We'll, <laughs> we'll take lean right into, into it. it. We'll take all the emotions. All the emotions. I'll try to, be,
3: I'll try to not. Yeah. Be. If I'm like daddy, I would do it wow. quicker. If that's what you said, Elias.
2: Let me put up a microphone on this kid. I think we got two critics in here now.
3: Oh, they're all critics. They're all critics. I have a tough job. I'll tell you what. <laughs> tough job.
2: So, who does that come from? Does it come from mom or dad? Real quick.
3: Daddy i think i've been (laughs) too soft and i've learned over time Mm. the hard way that you can't always be too soft we
0: can get into the sarcasm and my issue with sarcasm (laughs) if you want to get into it no no no. (laughs) we don't need
3: to do that we'll get into it then uh, michael's michael's upbringing was as most couples are totally different from mine Mm -hmm. um i grew up in a very chaotic environment Um, I think that's one of the things that attracted me to my husband um, was that I really wanted stability Mm -hmm. and I knew that in him that I would have that stability um, in my life. That was one of the things that I really drew me to him um, when we met. But I grew up um, with very young parents in their teens. Um, They were into partying. they, you know, met in high school, had sort of been dating my mom. Um, my mom got pregnant at nineteen. It wasn't planned. They said, Oh, okay, we better get married, right? Better get married. Sorry. Um, so they get married, my mom's nineteen, my dad's twenty one. Very rocky marriage, as you could imagine, right? A lot of stuff going on, a lot of craziness. So um, things kind of, I think, in their marriage really started falling apart after probably about four or five years. Um, it sounds great. A lot of people, when they talk about um, their life, they don't really remember a lot of very uh, specific details about when they're kids. I know like when I talk to my father, he doesn't really remember a lot about prior to being maybe 10. Like a lot of his younger life, he doesn't really remember a lot of that. Michael doesn't always remember a lot of details about when he was really, really young. I remember remember very vividly a lot of things. And I feel like God maybe did that for a reason with me. But I I do remember remember my parents' life when I was young. I do remember the partying. I I remember it. Um, I think at one point my mom just sort of knew that the marriage was falling apart and said we just we can't really keep going like this this is not working and she ended up finding God and getting saved wow. when I was five and that was a monumental shift I think at that moment for me because it really I, I really saw that the change in her and I think um I think you know god gives everybody these spiritual gifts one of these gifts that he gave me even even at a young age at like five years old was was spiritual discernment at a very very young age that i um i grew up in such a chaotic environment it's like he he gave me this wisdom to kind of know right and wrong and to tell the truth even when most people my age weren't really had no idea what that was um my mom gets saved and I got saved at five, and I know you think, well, you're five years old, but I really meant it. Mm -hmm. I remember doing it, I remember where I was. Um, I was, um, I was, I really did give my life to God, and I think what, what happened after that was that my, I think my father saw such a change in my mother that he reverted back to his upbringing which was actually being a jehovah's witness oh wow so my grandparents on my dad's side my dad's family they all grew up jehovah's witnesses right so that's what he knew that's what he believed that's what he thought was the truth and so um somehow my parents lived this life together uh, being in separate religions and interestingly mm-hmm. they are still married wow um they still have a lot of issues, but they are still married, they've done it, they've figured it out, right, this many years together being sort of not not synced, right, with their belief systems. And so life was just a total mess um, growing up because there was just constant turmoil, constant Mm. fighting, constant chaos. Um, It wasn't easy. And um, my role, I think, as a child was sort of to be the peacemaker, right, Mm -hmm. for the family. And so it really helped having this discernment growing up because it's like, I don't ever remember being confused about the truth. (laughs) Um, I just knew Mm. all along, I just knew. I knew what was right, I knew what was wrong. Um, I was able to bounce back and forth between the two and just do what I had to do, right? As a child. Mm -hmm. And, um, and just live life. And it was, it was, you know, a lot of people have harder upbringings than this, but it was difficult because, um... You, as a kid, you want your parents to stay together, right? You want your you don't want to see your parents fighting, right? But you also don't want to be the source mm. of the fighting, and I think a lot of times I was because who wants to see your child going to you know a cult service with her father, right. right? I don't know how my mom did it, but she mm. gave it to God and. Um, god sort of carried me through all of that and protected me through all of it mm. right my my mind through all of this stuff and um this was sort of how it was it was like the back and forth growing up where you know every other sunday we alternated and wednesdays i was going to you know wednesday night church service with my mom and then tuesdays and thursdays i was going to bible study with my father wow. and it was just wow. this constant um being pulled back and forth and um it was difficult because you know it it made it hard for school too right it made hard for school because um you're always the different one
4: (laughs) you went to public school then too
3: i went to public school yep yeah Hmm. i went to public school and so i was i was the the child with the dad who was a jehovah's witness right, right.
4: They, they, don't, they don't they don't they don't like so believe in like you birthdays don't participate in birthday yeah, parties yeah. you
3: don't participate in christmas services yeah. you don't participate i couldn't do music in mm-hmm. school because i couldn't you know do any of the the songs um even though i didn't personally believe that right yeah even though i didn't personally believe that so um it was just difficult it was difficult growing up, and um, I think what ha- what what finally happened um, was that when I was 15, after doing this whole thing for years, right? When I was 15, um, I wanted to go to a a really awesome church camp with with my friends from my mom's church who were going, and. My dad didn't want me to go, of course, and um, it was like a long weekend, like a Friday, Saturday, and then we came back Sunday morning for church. Sunday morning, and then went back, you know, with our families. And I really wanted to go. I just felt like God wanted me to go mm-hmm. to, you know, like it was going to be a very transformative experience for me. And I thought, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. Right. And so I went, even though I knew my dad was going to be upset. And I thought, well, I'm just going to pray about it. I'm going to give it to God, because he'll figure it out. And um, I went. And it was just an amazing experience. It was just really, really an awesome experience. It was very good for me to go. Um, Really amazing friends. You know, just seeing other people, just worshiping God and, you know, being in, a, in an environment that was joyful. And it was just great. And um, I came back. Um, and when I came back, of course, my dad was upset that I went. And um, I think that was sort of a pivotal moment for me, like in my walk with God and in my family, because it was like the point where I had to kind of stand up and say, Mm. um, this is what I believe I'm going to follow after God, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And so I sat down with my dad. I talked to him. I said, you know, I love you, but what you believe isn't the truth. And this is what I believe. And this is why this is what God's done for me and um sorry
4: it's okay it's okay i can only imagine as a teenager how hard this would have to have been because you have your parents and they're the ones that you're trying to please and love and show them that love
3: i think that was the hardest thing was that it it was my father yeah um and i was 15 and that's a a difficult age i think to be um, standing up for your faith, regardless of the consequences, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but it was, it was what I needed to do and it was the right thing to do. And if I ever, you know, had to do it again, I would do the same thing. Um, but that was sort of like a, a pivotal moment in my life because at that point, It was sort of all out there right it's like here dad this is this is where it is right there's no more pretending there's no more going back and forth um this is what i feel this is what i think this is the truth and i'm just not doing this with you anymore and um he accepted that um and from that moment on um he stopped participating in the whole Jehovah's Witness religion, and he never went back. Wow. It was kind of interesting. It was almost like he told me years later that the only reason that he was going was to try to set an example for me. Hmm. And if there wasn't, like like if there wasn't a reason, you know what I mean? Like if, if I wasn't going to go, there was really no reason for him to be there. So I still don't know. Years later, he's never accepted Christ. I still don't know... <laughs> what he really believes because he doesn't really talk about it.
4: Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, but I
3: don't know how much he truly believes because you would think if he was that involved that he would still be involved. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so he stopped going completely. He stopped going, but he also stopped talking to me Uh, because he was just so upset, you know, And, and I really think he just was so hurt. He was just so hurt by my decision that he just couldn't deal with it it took him years to deal with it it really d- it really did and um, part of it I think was you know I don't know if you guys know I don't know how much you guys know about the Jehovah's Witness religion but they, they do sort of shun their yeah. like if you do something that they don't that they don't like or that they don't want or sort of that's against their rules they will sort of shun you mm-hmm. as a you know, as a as a as a body, mm-hmm. they'll sort of shun you. And I think part of that w- was part of what he was doing, but the other part of it was that I think he just he just couldn't he didn't know what to do with me. Yeah. You know, and I think he was thinking eventually I would sort of come around, but I never did. Yeah. You know, so that really, um, that w- it, it was hard for me. You know, but it's like at 15, it's like I had to set off this, like, like, either I'm going to follow God, I'm going to do it all the way.
4: Mm -hmm. Right. Yep.
3: Or I'm just going to do this pretending game back and forth (laughs) to make my, to make my parent, to make my dad happy. Mm -hmm. Right. My whole life. How long am I going to do that? Yep. So, so for about three or four years after that, my dad did not talk to me. Wow. So I don't think he talked to me until I was probably... Nineteen or twenty, and it was very weird because we lived in the same house, and you know, I'm an only child, so Mm -hmm. I have no other siblings. So it's just me and my mom and my dad in the house together with our cats. Right? There's nobody else there. (laughs) Yeah. So it's kind of hard to like ignore that, and it was it was a it was a very difficult time. It's like it, it was necessary for me, I think as an individual, right, to to dedicate my life to God and to really um, make a decision and to stand up for him. But it also created a lot of difficulty for me because here I am I'm 15 years old. I live in a house with my dad who won't talk to me. My whole life, everything was conditional with him, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like, as long as you do everything correctly, as long as you do what I want you to do, then then I'll be happy with you. Right. But at the moment that you don't do that, then all of that gets taken away. Right. So, so, um, I think initially, you know, I was very on fire for God. And then I think like this slow fade happens to me over Mm -hmm. years because I'm by myself. Mm. Right. I'm by myself. I don't have, I have my mom, but, I don't have siblings, I don't have, you know, I'm going to this public high school. There were no Christians in my high school. And I didn't really fit in with anybody because nobody really got me at all, you know, as Mm -hmm. a Christian. And um, I think I I spent years sort of looking for somewhere that I really fit in. Mm -hmm. And I think that caused me to make a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. I think growing up Um, as a teenager and sort of into my very very early 20s like 20 and then I got to the point where I was like 21 and God really just brought me back to him he really sort of sort of just like got on this dead-end path where I just knew that anything that I searched for for appreciation and acceptance and love, I was not going to find it anywhere except for Jesus. Amen. Right? Yep. That was the only place that I was going to get what I was looking for because that's what I was looking for. Right? My, my father is Jesus.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Right? Independent of who your earthly father is. It's like my father is Jesus. Everything that I need is from Jesus. Yep. Right? Yep. And, and I'm not going to be happy until that's what I have, right? Until that relationship is right, and all these other avenues are just the enemy's way of um, bringing hurt in my life, right? And he already did enough of that, right? Growing up, so so at 21, I decided I was going to rededicate my life to the Lord. Um, I got rebaptized. I had baptized. I had been baptized once when I was 12. I got rebaptized in Pine Creek outside. Um, at my church when I was 21 and at that point I really changed my whole life and I really started really seeking after the Lord and um, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life you know I was in college an undergraduate um, just sort of meandering around I had no idea um, what direction I wanted to go I knew I liked science. I know I wanted to do something that involved helping other people, Um, and God sort of pressed upon me that what I needed to do was to go to PA school, you know, and I knew that I could do it locally. I'm from Lock Haven. Um, They have a PA program in Lock Haven. Just for those that are
4: listening, PA stands for... Physician Assistant. Perfect.
3: (laughs) So... (laughs) So I I applied after a lot of prayer and um, got in with my first application into the main campus. So it was really a God thing. Thanks. It was really a God thing. Uh, I wouldn't have been there unless that's where he wanted me to be. Um, and I really, at that point, was just trying to do what he called me to do. And my focus was really to just be... Who God really wanted me to be. Like I didn't want it to to be or do anything else. You know that was like my main focus. Um, I wasn't planning on finding a husband. I wasn't planning on getting married. I wasn't planning on. Not that I was not. I was against those things, but I just had so. I just had. I think so much chaos growing up that I just wanted stability. Yep. And I wanted to fig- figure out what normal was. Yeah. You know what I mean? In, in Jesus, Right. You like God. not earthly normal, yeah. Amen. <laughs> not earthly yeah. normal. And so I went through, I went through undergraduate. I graduated. I went into physician assistant school. I did my first year. The second year, we have to, it's all clinical rotations. We did all of that. Um, and then I, st- I ended up meeting Michael toward the end. Um. And then the rest was history. The rest <laughs> was history. So then you guys
4: get you get married. When do yeah. you move into this area? Is it right after you guys get hired at Geisinger?
3: Yeah, actually. Um, yeah. when When I first got a job at the hospital, I moved to, from Lock Haven to Bloomsburg um, in an apartment so I could be close to work at the hospital. And he was he also moved to Danville. Yeah,
0: you know, when I got married. That was a long time, yeah. It
3: was a long when time. I got how married, many years. Uh, uh, we got married in-
0: we got married when I was thirty. But before when I got we got
3: married. I was in saying before I
0: got get that math out. When we I got, got married the in j- when I got the job, I actually was living on the George's farm. If anybody the knows Red where that is, the Red, the Deer, Red Deer Farm. Deer the Red Deer Farm. Deer
4: yeah. I know the Georges very well because
0: I went to school with Jason George. Shout out to Jason. I'll give him this podcast. <laughs> He lives in Pittsburgh with his Hi, uh, three three kids. And I played basketball with him. Wonderful them. We back wife. The way? We Did you? Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. There you go. So, I lived on the George's farm uh, for a, a good year or so uh, before moving out, and uh, we lived in the purple house in Danville, and uh, subsequently I
3: think it was pink actually.
0: Pink house, pink purple, and uh, and then I subsequently bought a Victorian house. In uh, Bloomsburg. and um, I moved in there, which
3: and, I uh, which I refer to as the money pit. <laughs> <she refers laughs> <to> the <houses. laughs> Quite the fixer upper. And uh, exactly. we
0: we lived in Bloom, and then we got married, and then we moved there. Um, so, but uh, what I wanted to chime in before was it's it's uh, amazing what. Um, what issues and what, uh, how spouses come together and how they're formed, mm. um, and then how unknowingly, uh, they have to meld those, you know, different personalities together. And I don't want to say baggage, but the way they were formed influences how you react to your spouse, you know. Yeah. So she, it's she grew up happy. in a house that. That, um, you know, there was some tension. You know, this is not the worst situation for somebody to grow up. There are plenty worse situations. Um, I couldn't think of much of a better situation than mine, to be honest with you. I Mm. think I was incredibly fortunate, um, more than I'll ever know, um, to to my situation. But, um, you know, she had a little bit rougher situation growing up, and that shaped her to be very against um um any sort of confrontation with her husband and so um then when you you meet me i am
3: not afraid of confrontation how shall
0: i say it (laughs) not afraid of confrontation um and i think at the worst i do you know pick a little bit um but usually it's with good intentions um but um i'd like to question things and question the narrative sure as a way to move forward in the understanding of of things and i don't just take things at face value all the times i question why it's there and i kind of try to bring things to the limits of 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 what's you know whatever the issue is um to try to see can we learn something from that and that created creates still a lot of consternation uh you know sometimes in all marriages there's some consternation when you know one spouse um is questioning the narrative, um, and in particular with this case, she has a reason to have an overreaction. Maybe in some cases, to my questioning of um, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, because you know that's kind of um, those are the issues that she grew up with, and so when I would, when I would I, press it, her it on things, because
3: because I don't even think I. Knew how to talk about anything, ever. So, I because mean, that's we did, one. We didn't talk about things. Yeah, that's up. one and so issue. So then I had to learn how to actually have a conversation with somebody now about my um, what, whatever you know about what I'm thinking.
0: And the, and the wonderful thing <laughs> you know, is, being is that, that, put that you in know,
3: words.
0: I was brought up in a house where the parents talked it out. Maybe almost too much, but they talked it out. And I would say, you know, Dad, are you having an argument with mom? And you say, No, it's not an argument, it's a discussion. Okay, we <laughs> 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 <I> do we <laughs> do. Do, do that. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I when always correct, correct it. Guys, we're that not that having an argument, thing. we're having a discussion.
1: <laughs> I say, Stop yelling at each other We're not yelling at you, we're oh, that's not yelling at
0: each So my personality <laughs> is to talk things out. Right. To try to move forward mm-hmm. in the understanding <laughs> of how her mind is thinking and um and
3: but that has allowed me to grow too. Yeah. Because so, it's it's helped me to to develop these skills that I But I, I don't know that
0: she didn't come into it with a um a, a desire to talk things out as much as I do. It's a bit of a personality difference. But it's also in how she was, I think a bit hardwired um, um, because talking usually meant confrontation and confrontation was not good, right? <laughs> so I think that 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 was a struggle in the first part uh, of our marriage. It's still always a struggle, right? Um, knowing when to talk things out and knowing when to shut your mouth. Yeah, right? about it? And more often than not, it's me probably needing to shut my mouth uh, more than talk but I can say that when I met her I could tell she was focused and she was a God-fearing woman and and that's what I wanted mm-hmm. okay and I think women in general, moms in general have this kind of um, focus on you fixing themselves and getting better and what can I do to get better and improve and I think guys in general me being one um aren't always doing that I'm always I am trying to get better but she I can tell you right now she is doing bible studies and self-help and women have a tendency to do that right and I think mm-hmm. that that is an amazing quality that I that I love in my wife Um, the fact that she is dedicated, um, to God and herself, uh, improving and something that I always need to check myself, um, that to make sure I'm equally doing that as much as possible. But she always does me in that, that regard. So, you know, I'm more outgoing. She's more introverted. Yeah. You know, she's from a single family, single child. From multiple children, (laughs) and so these were issues that um, create, you know, created a lot of tension um, in our marriage. Um, So those are some of the issues that we had to deal with.
3: God also says that He puts the lonely in families, though. That's (laughs) right, and that's very true. Yeah. So uh,
0: I think that those are some of the struggles that we've had throughout our marriage but we're only stronger because of them yeah and um, you know raising children is another struggle we're going through right now it's just you know hard to raise three boys Mm -hmm. I myself um, feel an extreme amount of pressure to raise men Mm -hmm. in this day and age where um, you could argue that there's a big gap in that Mm -hmm. Um, I feel that a huge pressure and um, these are transformative years for kids I think before you even get to high school mm-hmm. the the time my kids are going through right now um, really to hammer down and be focused on setting a God uh, a, a God centered worldview in their mind yeah. um, and we have discussions about public school, private school, homeschool, Right now we're doing homeschool, which, uh, you know, it's a little crazy. Three boys. Yeah. Um, I and I told her, if you want to do this, that's fine. I think it's a little nuts, but I'll, I'll be with you. I'll do it. I'll okay. fill in if needed, and I've filled in. But um, it's um, not easy, and it's not easy um, sometimes stealing them away from the world and video games and this and that. Sure. To try to make sure that you set them up um, properly to be, you know, productive, God fearing men uh, in this world. So, anyways, that's a little <laughs> bit about us.
2: Well, that's it for our first part of meeting with the Jardim family. It's been a great moment to share with them. We're going to save the rest of our time with them for next week's episode it's like a part two like a part two mike nice yeah to be continued cliffhanger to be continued
4: man i'm so excited i can't wait
2: me too we'll see you next time beards out
4: bye